this morning I have Dave Fiorella, who has Editor's Choice article that's slated to be published in the July-August issue of JNIS. Dave is currently at Stony Brook University Medical Center, and the title of the article is A Prospective Multicenter Pilot Study Investigating the Utility of Flat Detector-Derived Parenchymal Blood Volume Maps to Estimate Cerebral Blood Volume in Stroke Patients. Dave, um, thanks for agreeing to talk this morning. I really appreciate it. Can you just tell me a little bit about the design of the study and maybe summarize some of the results? We performed a prospective study on patients who had stroke symptoms, and the idea was to compare their conventional CT perfusion studies with the CT perfusion studies we can perform in the angio suite. And so those are what we refer to as a DINA-CBV study, so DINA-cerebral blood volume studies. And the idea was that we just wanted to see how analogous these two imaging modalities were. Mm-hmm. So the premise of the study is as follows. In general, there are operators, investigators, who believe that cerebral blood volume deficits can be used as a surrogate for areas of restricted diffusion or areas of completed infarct. And so if the cerebral blood volume is down, the general consensus is that that reflects tissue that may be irreversibly injured. And so to this end, patients with acute ischemic stroke who have large CBV deficits are poor candidates for any kind of intraarterial intervention. In addition, as we've learned from all the recent stroke studies, time is a critical component of success in intraarterial and intravenous stroke therapy. And so the most efficient means of triage and intervention for these patients conceivably could be a model where patients went from the ER directly to the angio suite and got a cone beam CT to exclude bleeding, mm-hmm. and then a CTA in the angio suite to show the large vessel occlusion, and finally a CT perfusion study to show any large cerebral blood volume deficit to indicate completed stroke. Because as you know from looking at the cone beam CT images, the soft tissue contrast is not quite good enough to show a stroke like a regular conventional right. CT is. Right. And so the idea is, is that if we could use this model, eliminate all the time and transfers required to achieve the triage imaging that we normally do on stroke patients, where they go from the ER over to the CT scanner and then back to the ER and sometimes back to CT again, this way, we could just take them to the angio suite, do all the imaging in the angio suite, and then if it looked mm-hmm. like a patient who could benefit from intraarterial intervention, go right into the groin puncture and the intervention. And so we know from our previous experience that DynaCT is good to exclude bleeding. We know that DynaCTA can really elegantly show a large vessel occlusion, but DynaCTP really has not been validated. And so that was really the goal of this study was to kind of validate the ability to do angio CT or cone beam CT with CT perfusion algorithms to obtain data that would be analogous to what we're getting from our conventional clinically used uh, CT perfusion study. So the construct of the study basically was that patients who had stroke symptoms who were going to get a conventional CT perfusion as part of their normal clinical care were consented prospectively to participate in a study where immediately after or several hours after their initial CT perfusion study, they underwent another DINA-CT perfusion study in the angio suite. And so then we compared these two scans to see how well they agreed. And the endpoints were pretty gross endpoints. So we looked for the presence of any defect on cerebral blood volume imaging and Mm -hmm. then a defect greater than one-third of a vascular territory. So basically anything that would be a stop sign for intervention. Right. And so the findings that we had is that the DINA-CBV was very, very sensitive in terms of picking up any deficit at all that was evident on the conventional CT study. So DINA-CBV always showed the deficit, but the problem was it wasn't very specific. In fact, oftentimes it really overestimated the severity of the deficit as compared to the gold standard conventional CBV 
imaging, and sometimes it made deficits appear that weren't present. It turned out we also looked at radiation dose, and the doses were similar. Do you have any theory about um, why it overestimated? The... Yeah, so we looked systematically at the cases where there was overestimation, and they were mm -hmm. all in the setting of a large vessel occlusion, like an MCA uh, occlusion. Okay. So what we did is we went on to the conventional CT perfusion examinations and actually got time tissue contrast curves. Mm -hmm. And what we saw is that oftentimes this area of brain that was perfused by leptomeningeal collaterals was not receiving flow sometimes for 30 seconds after an intravenous injection. It turned out we were initiating our angiographic CBV imaging at about 18 to 22 seconds. We were timing it off the first appearance of contrast in the jugular veins and then activating mm -hmm. the scan. So we were basically imaging too early. So areas that were receiving very slow leptomeningeal collateral flow and were viable were not receiving that flow early enough I see. Okay. to be imaged and to see that area as actually having active cerebral blood volume. And so those areas appeared as cerebral blood volume defects when they actually were not defects. And so... The idea is is to extend the contrast injection and to increase the delay in imaging and then to try to be able to see more accurately this correlation between the angio-CT and the uh, okay. conventional CT. Well, that sounds reasonable. It, just in general, I, I don't think it was present in the article, but about ballpark, what's the post-processing time? Yeah, so the, the DynaCBV software is now fully FDA-approved, and it's uh -huh. uh, automated and built right into the Leonardo workstation by Siemens. And so the post-processing really just takes a matter of seconds. So okay. uh, pretty much uh, once you get the data, it reconstructs similar to, say, a 20-second Dyna CT. So it's, it's very, very quick. So a matter of a couple of minutes. So I think he alluded to briefly, you know, obviously, you know, there's controversy in our field about the validity of even just CT perfusion data compared to MR. What's, what's your feeling about this, putting in perspective to work with the Dyna perfusion yeah, that's a great question, Rob. We And I get that a lot when I present this at meetings. And so what I want to make clear is like the, that doing the study uh, by virtue of the study is not really a referendum at all on the issue mm -hmm. of uh, CT perfusion or, or its validity. It's basically just to see if we can replicate conventional CT perfusion data with angio uh, CT perfusion. Mm -hmm. So we were operating under the premise that some operators think CBV is a surrogate for diffusion, but uh, the evidence for that, as you say, is, is very controversial. So I feel very strongly that MR diffusion is the best measure of core infarct volume, and if that can be achieved um, efficiently at a hospital mm -hmm. for stroke triage, that's obviously the way to go. If that's not possible at your institution, then I think you know we're in a situation where we have to use CBV, which right. I think in some patients is pretty good, but in other patients uh, it may not be as good. And so I think the jury is still out in terms of exact correlation between CBV and diffusion. Yeah, it would be interesting to test it in other sort of acute settings, you know, because I would think that there may be some use. For example, you have a patient under anesthesia, you're calling an aneurysm, you have a branch occlusion, but you have no idea what that means to the patient, you know. Right, or if it's even caused a stroke and you don't want right, to ask right, Yeah, no, right. I think that that... I think ischemia is really the indication for this imaging. So whether it's in the setting of a patient who's presenting with a large vessel occlusion or if it's in the setting of you know, some thromboembolic complication of your intervention, mm -hmm. it's absolutely critical, though, that the data be reliable, meaning that yeah, yeah. the uh, area of CBV deficit actually is an area of completed stroke. And so what we're hoping is at least that we can make it equivalent to a CT-CT perfusion study by um, 
actually increasing the contrast bolus and increasing the delay and making those two studies more analogous. So to that end, actually, um, Siemens has funded us to do a second DynaCTP study where we've done just that. We've changed the uh, imaging parameters, mostly regarding the time and the contrast bolus uh, characteristics. And so we'll be repeating the same study prospectively. It'll be our institution and Medical Unity at the University of South Carolina. Great. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to seeing that. Yeah, thanks for spending time with me this morning. And um, this is really fantastic work. And I appreciate you um, elaborating on it with me this morning. Thank you so much. <laughs>